Hey, glad you can make it. Welcome to Fantasy Dad Pods, where dad bods are glorified and dad jokes are encouraged. I'm JT, accompanied by Sean. Sean, how we doing? Uh, pretty good, pretty chill week. Like it that way. Getting ready for some lawn care, though. That's the that's the dad time of the year. Oh yeah, I've I've noticed my trees starting to you know sprout little buds. I'm like, yep, time to kill that crabgrass out front. Got to got to get rid of that. Well, this week. We're taking on part two, the outfielders following the top 30 slash 31 for Dynasty. I, I, I got to amend that. When I called you on Twitter, it's actually, I think, 32. We talked about J.D. Martinez. so We did, but I'm, I'm fairly certain he's 31, so I feel like maybe these he rankings was, updated. Yeah, they, they might have, to be honest. But I think that – I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I Googled it when um, – I looked it up before I called you out, but yeah, he's 32 now. So, you know, oh, Ryan Mountcastle. He's the guy that jumped. There you oh go. Oh, my. Yep, 26th. What happened there? Was, Riley, like, Green, was Riley Green that high? I, th- I think so. I think so too. But Mountcastle. Short term memory loss. Okay. I was leaving, yeah, I was leaving him for this week. Let's just talk about it, because that fence just got moved back, what, 24 feet or something like that in left field, and yeah, now it's oh, 13 no, we, feet we, high? We talked about Riley Green, for sure. Okay. I know we did. Yeah. But in Baltimore, I, yeah. gross. Like, I'm I'm kind of, uh, he, well, I was always hesitant to, you know, have a player in that offense, but now it's even, even ickier. Yeah, I don't understand from a from a Baltimore Orioles perspective. I don't understand the move. Uh, for one, you need offense. You, I mean, your pitching is like it's going. It's going to be, but you have you know you have Adley, all these guys coming up. Ryan Mountcastle had a legit you know rookie of the year like caliber season. You know, like Cedric Mullins. You should be kind of helping the offense out in any way possible. The, the pitchers are just going to be bad either way, for regardless of who you throw out there, other than your you know, you're, I don't want any spoilers, but big guys we're going to talk about later. We're one big guy, but uh, you've got more bats. Why move the outfield or all the fences out? You need to be helping these guys. Maybe uh, they're going to switch to a pitching team. They're just well, like, Hey, <laughs> one wall at a time. Better switch soon. Cause it's not coming. <laughs> like, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't know. I feel like it'd be traumatic if you're like an Orioles fan. I mean, it was like last night I was sleeping and my wife just ripped the blankets off me. I was, I mean, I'll recover, but um, yeah. it's still, still pretty traumatic. Snuck that one in there. Yeah. Snuck that's that your dad joke. I thought you were going straight to it. And I was like, how is he going to loop back to this one? But you did it. I'm proud of you. I'm proud of you. You, you, you worked in Ryan Mountcastle into your, your dad joke of the week. That's uh, not a lot of people could say that. I talked about my wife in mount castle um that's pretty it's pretty uh pg-13 we're just on the cut yeah, i was there. gonna say that that pause made that I real <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what's that will ferrell i forget which movie i'm oh um stepbrothers where he's like he's like fantasizing about his therapist and he's just it's like i'm storming your castle oh, my yeah. lady and he's like yeah. paul bunyan's in through the sidewall yeah <laughs> Yeah. Anywho, 
punched my mic and rage there when when you brought that up <laughs> scared myself all right um anywho uh, after that uh, i guess we'll just go straight into it right you ready jt we're, we're gonna skip down to 32 now since we talk about around Mountcastle a little bit we're gonna go down to like we ended off in the these, these really moved jd martinez because it was like a, it was like chris bryant where did where did Dylan Carlson, Austin Meadows are the next few to talk about? Oh, there's Stan. Yeah, I was like, I thought I missed Stan. So yeah, Stan Springer, Brian Reynolds, JD Martinez, that kind of category. Now we get into some like, uh, man, I, I, super interesting. And I, I don't want to say like you could win your league, but honestly, like there's a lot of how these next couple of guys go. Cause a lot of these guys you might have as your outfielder too, you know depending on the league or maybe even outfield outfielder three, four, and these guys matter because you're going to probably play some of these guys quite a bit, but depending on how they go will really affect your team. Um, we'll jump around, but I've, we talked about this after the podcast last week, a little bit. Uh, I want to talk about number 36 JT and that's Christian Yelich. I mean, MVP Christian Yelich. So like, what do you do at 36 overall in the dynasty league with Christian Yelich? You understand that his batting profile has changed. He's reverted. He's regressed back negatively to what he used to do pre-MVP caliber Yelich. His launch angle and the buckets he puts him in, he's, he's ground ball. He's hitting the ground way too much like he used to early on. And, um, so what you hope for is, you know, he's older and he's wiser now. And he realizes that his success came from being a solid line ball or just trying to lift the ball naturally. Good things happened because he, he has quite a bit of bat speed. And I, I'm hoping maybe he was not going full out with those, you know, kind of weird injuries. Didn't he like... Something with his kneecap. He he uh, hit a foul ball off his kneecap and shattered his patella. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's just a, a big that's deal. Unlucky. Super. And that's a um, not an easy, uh, high recurrence rate of like, that doesn't heal great. Like, honestly. I mean, it's, it's healed by now, but it's just, you know, it's a longer process than people think. It's a weird bone to break. Like, it's it's a, just, it, your kneecap is a bone. Do you even need it? Is it important? <laughs> Rumors are. <laughs> What's it even do? It just protects your joint. It's stable. It's it does a couple things, but yeah, it, and it also protects your ligaments and everything like that. Stabilizes the joint, so you don't. It also the main thing it does is doesn't so you don't bend the knee the other way. It kind of stops it from doing that. Well, I've seen that happen in real life. That traumatized that, me as a middle school age kid. Yeah, um, not good. Not good. <laughs> not Shout good. out when. Went to a, like a Prosser Mustangs game. Whoever that person ended up being, I hope you walk okay nowadays. <laughs> but uh, so to get to your point about Yelich, like we talked about after this podcast, he, he was an incredibly, he had a lot of hype coming up, younger kid, you know, 24, 25, or not a lot of hype, but he had some. He, he was like, hey, he's, he might be a good player. I don't know if anybody ever had him as like an MVP caliber, but there was, there was some hype in that outfield of, uh, you know, Stanton, Yelich, and uh, Ozuna, which, you know, they're years later. Way to go, Miami. 
Um, but he was like, I'm thinking like he'll probably regress to somewhere in the middle. I think he would be better than he is now, but like we talk about a 860s OPS kind of thing. And he was always kind of a really high bad guy, like you talked about 860s OPS, but he was doing it for a couple of years in 810 OPS, you know, around there. Then it jumped 200 points once he got to Milwaukee. Did it again the next year, got even higher, another 100 points. And then it dropped like almost uh, over 400 points. I don't think sustaining the level of the jumping of 200 points was probably going to be a little high. Yeah, he did it for two years, but I mean, he never had 600, even 580 at bats. And one of the years he didn't have, he had like 450 at bats. So that 110 OPS probably would have came down a little bit if he had just continued with that. But again, still, it's probably going to be up above 1,000. But I, it's just, it's flipped so much one year, like as in like 2020, which again, random year. But then coming back from injuries, dealing with all that stuff last year, it's a weird year. And we talk about a lot of it with um, um, prospects with 2020 and COVID messing with you. But he's coming back from an injury. Um, the medical community, as someone who was in it, was not great to be going through during a pandemic. It, it, it was probably just a really awkward, hard situation to recover from a major injury during a pandemic with everything that was going on. I know it was in 2019 that he did it, but still, it, it, it's a long injury. He's got an entire pandemic to just try to recover from this patella injury, get back to baseball. There's some mental hurdles he's got to get through. I think he ramps back up, but to the 1,000 OPS guy, I don't know if he's ever going to be that. And I'm thinking it was, that was kind of a fluke, like highest end, like, max out your potential kind of guy but i mean is 900 out of, out of the question jt like a 900 ops guy like somewhere middle ground maybe like a 880 ops guy yeah i mean i would i would be okay with his 2017 season you know it's 800 something ops and i mean that babip was a 336 so it's nothing crazy i mean it's it's really like obviously I think in the stat cast era that we're in, we're so stat cast crazy. I think the first thing that someone might look at is saying, Oh, look, he didn't he wasn't barreling it as much. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's true, but barreling the ball is is you know the the best players on a season maybe barrel it in the teens of, of percentage points. So it's just like where where is he hitting the ball? And I, I just, I come back to, he's hitting over 50% ground balls. And when he was on top of the game at over a thousand OPS for two seasons, I mean, he, he flipped those ground balls into fly balls. His line drive rate has stayed virtually the same. So to me, it's almost just, I'm wondering if he's getting pitched differently, which I mean, is kind of almost a sign of respect out off of what he was doing to, to pitchers, but um, he, he literally it's either a swing change or injury related, or it's just, you know, I could, I could deep dive further, but we've got so many outfielders to get to, but it'd be interesting how, what he's being fed in terms of what kind of, you know, breaking pitches and stuff like that. But I think at this point, knowing what his floor is, like, I think we're still looking at, I don't think he's a 248 hitter based on 2021. Yeah. I think he still can hit for like 280, you know, high 300s OBP. Um, so it's going to help in both those types of leagues. 
I just don't know where his his slugging is, and that's really just kind of where he's going to be at. I mean, based on this value, maybe he starts off hot. Maybe you want to trade him. You like, I it's so interesting to me where he's been and how much he's regressed in such a short amount of time. And hopefully it's only injury related, but I think 2022 is really going to be like the new norm. It, it's I'm trying to relate it. Like Hosmer did it only for one little short 2022 snippet, but he changed his launch angle and it was awesome. And then he forgot in 2021. Yelich did it for almost one and three quarters, you know, seasons, full seasons. And um, he's athletic enough. He's, he's only just turned 30. I would, I would see value in terms of, hey, this is my third outfielder. Yes, please. Like, that's a great floor. Yeah, Especially I, in that I, ballpark. I think, I think as, I think he'll hit some home runs. I think the power will come back with that. Because like you said, like another uh, stepbrother's quote, he's had the young buck. Now he's going to go with the old buck. I meant, I, I fled to flip the quote in my head because he's older now, but I, I forgot um it messed with me just having to flip that um but um and then seeing john c riley in my head um but i think he will have learned what he because i i think you don't jump that much and not be a little luck but you also don't jump that much and do it for a couple of years and win an mvp just out of like the luck like that there's obviously like he's got the talent to do it or to do most of what that was i think the power and the like you said the launch angle the barrels they'll come a lot of that's mental when you get you know like a stanton thing too when you get hit in the face or you dramatic injury a lot of that's just mental coming back trusting that you won't happen again that will come back the issue is and why i agree with you with the value is i don't think the stolen bases are going to come back because of that injury he's in his 30s now his patella was destroyed Milwaukee's not going to want him running that much, honestly. And that's a lot of what he did. I mean, he stole a bunch of bases in his, in his prime there. And I mean, 30, he went 30, 30, 30, 40, just two years ago. So like, I, but I just, I don't see that coming maybe double digits, but I'm, I'm going to guess like max of 12 and a 30 year old max of 12 stolen base guy. While there is value there, like you said, uh, I mean, we could talk about some other guys like Springer, who's who could have just healthy, just be an absolute monster. That or guys are going ahead of him. I think you know he's going 99, or he's projected 99th, uh, 36th outfielder, you know, 84th overall. A third outfielder is fantastic, but even as a second with some of these other hype guys that you can get down here, like uh, we'll talk about him later, like a Mitch Haniger, like a solid other outfielder. You could afford to have a Christian take a little bit of a gamble on a Christian Yelich if you if you pair him with a guy similar in this category here of like a more solid. Just there's always going to be questions we're going to talk about these with all these guys, but you know what I mean, like a guy who's year in and year out production barring injury for everybody is you know what it's going to be. So I'm okay with that with that upside. Um, and to that, who do you want to talk about next, JT? We're not going to be able to talk about everybody because again, there's. There's so many outfielders. Uh, there's like 180 on this list. Um, so we're going to try to touch. We could do three lists on this thing, to be honest, but we're going to try to touch on people we find interesting and want to talk about. Who, who do you want to talk about next, JT? Um, the next name actually is the very next one. Brennan Davis, minor leaguer prospect. It It's very intriguing to me that he's this high. Um, 
I think everyone and their mom is going to love themselves some Brennan Davis eventually, but I feel like it, it's just a little too high, even for Dynasty. I I, I don't know. Um, he is at the AAA level. He finished AAA 2021, so I mean, he should be close. Um, man, he just is an imp- impressive hitter and at all, at all phases contact power um really exciting to see it translate he's in the chicago cubs system they've got playing time for him for days if you know (laughs) like if they want to start his you know major league clock um i'm just not sure with like some of the other names around here but i i get the upside and i'm kind of like torn where it's like i could slide him a little bit lower but um i i don't know i I struggle with it but it's an it's a name that we haven't really covered many other prospects other than riley green so i think that's also a name just to keep a lookout on um very impressive young man there uh i've always had a soft spot for trent grisham here he's two spots lower um he really hasn't done much to him impress um i love the mustache i mean kudos that's like a like what was it chips the motorcycle yeah. cops movie yeah. it's like yeah. it is that authentic he's in san diego it just it just plays it just it's it does i hope it does well for him let's just put it that way yeah um but as far as his play i mean he when he he first played in milwaukee gets traded to the padres he's only had three seasons so two full and then the the short for 2020 but he's he to me is just like someone who is great defensive player and so he's always going to have that playing time i i just feel like i i want a little bit more i think he's capable of like a 2020 season i am i i appreciate you know what he does but as like a first round pick and what you know and like expectations it's starting to he's starting to have a like you know a, a certain type of baseline it's just i i feel like on that offense and everything um for what he's producing it's it's good but i if he was on a different offense we'd be singing a different tune and i just feel like i i want a little bit more out of him so i feel like value wise it might be okay here i mean we're talking maybe your second or or possibly third outfielder type on a team for for the dynasty format here for looking at it but i don't know just something's lacking but i just don't really see it it's just you know he's he's 24 he's so young i mean it's just like maybe he's still you know maturing and it's just it's needs to i don't know that's a pretty big team to you know you got you got you got tatis and machado you got tons of big names on that team and it's okay to be in the background support player but i feel like i I would like to see him start coming into his own yeah uh i'll touch on both those guys brennan davis i kind of feel the same with with you so it we're projecting dynasty and we're projecting, I mean, so I'm not as high on people as Jason Dominguez as other 
other people are not because of hype, but because, I mean, he's, he's 19, had his first real taste of at bats in the minors, but if people are, the industry is hyped on Jason Dominguez. I use that as like, he is going around the same area as Brennan Davis. I know one is closer to contributing, but if you're like, we might be two years away from Dominguez and we're going to get maybe half a year this year of Davis. So it just, they seem very close here to like, not warrant, like, why wouldn't you just go with the massive upside with the other guy? Because this guy, you're going to have to take another outfielder because Davis is not going to start the season on the major of the roster. So you're already going to have to field three outfielders. So you have to trust one, at least enough unless something happens with Brandon Davis to like play him them all year. So if you're willing to do that, why don't you just do that and then take the bigger upside in Jason Dominguez just a couple of picks later. It's my like, like they're, they seem too close and one has more upside in the industry. So I, I like, that's kind of what I get. I like Brendan Davis too, but just like way these guys are situated in the dynasty and one's three years younger too. So like you get, you know, theory, if he, climbs up like people think Dominguez is going to I why you wouldn't pick one or the other I get Brendan Davis has done it more and there's more hype but I just think the upside is nice but with a guy with huge upside so close I just would go that route and uh um uh who else uh Trent Grisham yeah I like Trent I think 2020 is realistic like he could he could get there like that's a that's a thing for him he's never gonna do anything sexy so I think he needs to be kind of like your like your third slash fourth outfielder, honestly, like he will fill up a decent stat sheet playing in that with that team. The problem is like, he's no, I guess he's, you know, still turning 25 this year. There's, there's some room for growth. Maybe can grow into his power a little bit still, but it's just like, it's a big ballpark. There's a lot of things. He's going to get pushed down in the lineup because of that, rather than pushed up because he's just not, you know, they have so many superstars there that it's just going to force him down in the lineup versus in a, you know, he played on a lesser team with a nicer ballpark to hit in. Might do, Milwaukee might do it. You know, they need hitters. They need outfielders. Maybe, you know, maybe that would have, if he'd stayed there, might have helped a little better. But um, he's, you're right to like him, though. Like, he's a solid contributor that I think a lot of people honestly overlook. Like, these Trent Gershom guys can really help you win a league, honestly. But don't – 120, though, and – overall ranking is where it kind of gets like that's where it gets really risky to spending 120 on a guy like Trent Gersham. I think you're right, JT. In the past, you really liked him. You were get him like some value. I don't think he's a value here is the problem. I could see that. I mean, there's there's a couple names I would definitely I'm just okay. I'm just I'm been avoiding it so far. Mitch Hanniger is 42nd ranked. I know we're talking dynasty, but yeah. um Last time I checked, wasn't he only 30? Yeah, 31. So um, he, I think he had pretty much one catastrophic injury. And I don't think it's two other surgeries. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But I don't think it's more of like a baseball injury per se. It just more of a medical anomaly. I don't know. He was super unlucky for like a year and a half there. <laughs> so in terms of like wear and tear, I don't think it's like a like another name right here, like a Conforto. It's his injuries are starting to pile up here and there. It's little by little. And I have a soft spot for Conforto OSU product. 
Um, but I, I feel like there's value there at Hanniger where I agree with Grisham. It's just like, I, I don't see the value Conforto. I, I don't, I'm not really seeing the value. So, um, I think that is a good point. Do you, uh, I, do you I was going to say about Mitch Hanniger. Like, yeah. He basically played 2018 and 2021 his last full seasons. And he played 2017 because he was, he was transitioning to a new team and they were finally getting some playing time. Those three seasons, other than in 2019, when he ruptured a testicle, rest in peace, um, and then didn't play in 2020 because he was still come back, had core injury and revamped everything. If you can count those three seasons, he didn't have a season where he had an OPS under 800. He just didn't. Basically, if he's healthy and finally playing, he is like an 800 OPS guy. Now, he's 31, and it's a dynasty league. But, I mean, he he had developed into hitting 40 bombs last year, like 39. Like, he's got – I don't want to say that this is going to continue. He hit 40 bombs playing in Seattle. Like, that's not an easy place to hit home runs, and he did it already. You don't have to wonder, like, can he do it? He did it with, you know, the insert – the insert more talent coming in that roster here in the next couple of years, that's only going to help Mitch Hanniger. It won't help him hit the ball farther, but it'll help like, you know, the RBIs, the runs, it'll help all these other things. Dynasty wise. I think Mitch Hanniger is probably close to the right spot, but that's what I'm saying with like a Trent Grisham, like he's overvalued, but like if I can get like Mitch Hanniger, just like, like around later. And I, you know, he's going to hit me 40 home runs or, you know, maybe we'll say like, 30 maybe even 28 that's probably a more realistic thing like you know somewhere around there but he's gonna have a a lot more like guys running around him like he'll be higher up in that lineup versus a Trent Grisham Trent Grisham just doesn't and Trent Grisham doesn't play full seasons he just hasn't yet mm-hmm. he's only had 450 at bats basically so it's just like I know if Mitch Hanniger is healthy the Mayors are gonna run out there every single day and they might even DH him I don't know what they're what's who knows what the, the organization is going to do. They might trade for a guy like Mitch Hanniger in a little bit. I, you know, like, I, I don't know. The Padres are always making and wheel and deal. And like, it really does scare me not being a super mega superstar on that team. They had a second baseman who they traded for, who was the all-star second baseman for the national league. And they traded them to the Mariners this off season. You know what I mean? Like the Padres will wheel and deal Their Their all-star second baseman is not there anymore. So I'm just Trent Grisham does worry me a little bit playing for that team. Um, the next one I want to talk about is one that is definitely more relevant in the news. We're going to speculate a little bit here. Uh, it is rumored that the players today were recording on the 7th of March and uh, owners are talking about and are favoring towards banning the shift. Um, one Joey Gallo at 44 is kind of the poster child for banning the shift. I'm going to say this, assuming we are banning the shift. Where does Joey Gallo go, JT? He's 28 for context, for Dynasty context. Do you, do you really think the shift has a um, no. big but effect I just on his average? I, just, <laughs> um, no. um, I think well, it'll it'll definitely play into the average. I don't know how much... People are expecting like him to like just go monstrous with this thing. I don't think it'll affect people the way, or I don't think it'll affect Joey Gallo the way people think it will. The thing with 
Joey Gallo is he's an extreme fly ball hitter. Um, he almost hits as many ground balls as line drives. And it's really an all or nothing. It's the three true outcomes profile classically. Um, since he's been in the major leagues, he only has one season batting above 210. Um, <laughs> that's a tell me if that's an outlier. Um, we all know prodigious power 40 home runs is, is attainable when healthy. Um, especially if he's in Yankee Stadium now, dear lord. Um, yeah, <laughs> but. 200 strikeouts 100 walks i mean it's all it's all extreme i don't know if a shift for him per se just the way he hits the ball changes much maybe his because i mean he's not a babbit guy if he's hitting home runs home runs don't count towards your babbit but i would think he would benefit slightly, <laughs> right? I obviously he's going to benefit. I think lots of left-handed, you know, hard hitters are going to benefit. I just don't think it's a whole lot for his profile. Um, but it's, I don't know, it's fun to dream. And I don't know. There's not much else going on in baseball. I might as well just daydream yeah. about that. But I mean, so what are we talking like? Oh, instead of a 199 hitter, now he's a 225 hitter. Like, <laughs> yeah, your closer like, to 220. Yeah. I don't think it changes any anything other than his average very slightly. And I don't, you're not getting him for his average. You, yeah. If you're drafting Joey Gallo, you're in an OBP league. Unless yeah. you just really want those forty home runs, and it's it's is not it going to affect the ob the uh, ops if you're in an ops league or something like that, or you know whatever slugging. It's not going to affect the slugging that much because he's not going to he's not he's not exactly like a speed demon, so he's not stretching some of these questionable. And especially as he gets older, he's not going to st- stretch some of these questionable plays in short Yankee Stadium. It's, it, that's a short wall there. It's he's not going to be stretching those into doubles, so. It, yeah, he might hit a couple more singles, but in the long run, like you said, what is like five more singles on a season? Seven, eight, t- maybe ten more singles on a season. You know, like the grand scheme of things, it's not gonna, it's not gonna matter that much, honestly. Like you said, I mean, I was just looking at this and just looking at some of Joey Gallo's stats, like of like just a nineteen percent barrel rate, and he just hits it hard fifty percent of the time. He just like he does one thing and he goes up there, and people we're going to get like more baseball philosophical here, but people are like, Oh man, you know, it's one Like he was a 3.5 war player last year. Cause he just hits dingers. Like that's what they get him up there for to hit home runs. He hit almost 40. One less than a Chaniger. Who's got the real power, Joey Gallo. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, like I just, you're Neither right. of okay. them are Tommy tanks. Let's just be honest with ourselves. Neither of them are Tommy tanks, dude. Just sign him now. <laughs> like, Tommy Tanks is big boys, big toys, like right there, just hitting dingers. Um, he's hey, he's got more home runs than any major league team right now. I'm just, I'm just saying that right now. <laughs> um, uh, but yeah, I just, yeah, I don't think that it because I want I'm glad you said that, JT, because I kind of was like seeing if I was gonna set you up for that because everyone's like, oh, Joey Gallo, it's gonna go nuts. Everyone's talking about all over Twitter, like Joey Gallo's like, oh, because he's kind of like a funny personality, but they're like, oh yeah, he's gonna go 
he was gonna have a much better time i was like well, let's just let's just be real here all that's gonna happen when they ban the shift is a guy can't start on one side of the ball or on second base and as soon as they starts his wind up the guy's just gonna run to the other side of the bag like it's not gonna be like he's gonna be moving when the ball's being hit but they're not going to be that far from where they were standing before. Let's be very – you can't stop a shortstop from going to the right side of the infield. You can't be like, never can you go to that side of the infield. So, like, this is what's going to happen. He's just going to stand right at the second base and be like, okay, I'm going to run over as soon as you you throw it. But, yeah, like I said, maybe three to five singles a season. I'm not – although I am interested I, – I am – I think he will – go up a little bit playing a full season in new york i mean texas is not a bad place to hit but that short porch in right field for new york is is nice for him to play in he had, a, he had a rough he had a rough go of it as his time in yankee stadium but again he he had he played 50 games like just it's a 2020 season let's settle down yep um other names of note um I mean, at some point, I think I want to just do like a quick one sentence thought yeah, on each. But like Brandon Marsh, I, I, you know, I don't, his play discipline is not there. And he might be like a 15 15 guy, but he's going to be betting at the bottom of that order. And I mean, he's young. I mean, we'll see how he still develops. Um, Guriel to me is more intriguing, just, you know, slightly better offense and, and, um, He's, he's been in the league a little bit longer, but I think it's appropriate where he's at here. Um, another name here, Corbin Carroll. He's not on the 40-man roster, which is actually a, a ben, of benefit to him for the Diamondbacks because yeah. he's coming off a injury um, this last year. I'm trying to remember if it was ACL or something like that. Shoulder injury, excuse me. Shoulder injury. So I didn't get to see him play or right neither of us did because he's in the same league as our local team um so he would have been visiting so i think he still probably reports there to start unless unless they just kind of give him benefit of doubt and um i mean he's 21 they might put him in double a we'll see um but it would be really fun to see him play um i see the upside the shoulder really gives me a pause um, cause to me, that's just a super complicated part of the body. So we'll just, I hope, I hope all went well and he had a lot, plenty of time to, to recover. Um, yeah, touch on those guys, Brandon Marsh, I'm the same. I think last year was honestly really lucky for him. <laughs> I think, I think he's, I, I don't, utility guy. Um, Lars Guriel, I've always had like, I'm like, how did you do it? I don't, I never bought into it. And I think he's starting to show his seasons where he's been good. He has like 300 bats. So like he finally got some real playing time and was a fine player, nothing bad, but nothing that's going to like surprise you. And then they're not going to sign him and then he'll probably go to an inferior team around him and his numbers will just regress. Um, so, and that is important to pay attention to in dynasty and, um, yeah, I agree. I agree with everything you said. Um, on now, I lost lost where we're at here. Oh, Corbin Carroll. Yeah, yeah. Um, nothing, nothing really to add there. Um, I who else did I really want to talk about? I'm terrified of Kyle Lewis. I do not want to draft him. 160 I see him here. 
Uh, as much as I like the guy, I have an autographed baseball from him, 26, just cannot stay healthy. Poor guy. I hope he plays well. I hope he proves me wrong, but I just cannot. At 160, there's still a lot of – we'll get to pitchers uh, here coming up soon. I just – there's a lot of other guys I'd probably rather have. And if you don't have three outfielders at this point, what are you taking, Kyle Schwarber? Or, so, you know, like you – know, like, you're, yeah, I'm, I probably might. If you don't have like a th- third outfielder or a fourth outfielder at this point, you're stuck taking the Kyle Schwarbers, and that's not really the position you want to be in in a dynasty league. Which, I mean, I talked about earlier. If you want to take a Brennan Davis or a Jason Dominguez, that's totally fine if you supplement it with a Kyle Schwarber or something like that to get him to get you over that hump for a while. But you're not taking taking any of these guys around here other than another young prospect to facilitate because Kyle Lewis gets hurt. You need a guy to that's going to play. So if you feel like that is your fourth guy you're taking. Um, we talked about Bruhan who has eligibility. Uh, when he was second base, you're playing at second. You're not playing probably outfield. Um, man, uh, just keep scrolling down. Any uh, Tommy Pham. Uh, 265 JT uh, JT's guy right there um absolutely not shut <laughs> up <laughs> he has nothing against tiny fam Cosmo league okay um trying to think anybody else that really uh I, I've seen a couple guys here so I see uh we've talked about Tyler O'Neill but we saw Harrison Bader and we, we kind of skipped over him and a Dylan Carlson St. Louis outfield guys so Dylan Carlson 93rd overall and Harrison Bader, where I just lost his name here, um, 257. I don't know if I buy either of them, JT. I'm just going to be really honest here. What, like, including Darryl, Dylan Carlson and including, honestly, Tyler O'Neill. I, I, am I just going crazy with this whole outfield? Like, obviously, I like some more than others, but I just don't know if any of them should be going where they're going. They're, I think they're better real life players than fantasy yeah. players. Yeah. Um, I think Carlson might be the the highest floor. O'Neill's might be the highest ceiling. And I think Bader might just – he might be valuable this year, but I think it's going to regress. And I think it's just very much a, a streaky type of player. But, I mean, they all just, play just great defense, like so they're going to be in the lineup. I just see, like, three seven ten OPS guys for fantasy purposes. That's just what I see, like – like in a given year, year in and year out, you might get one guy, you know, has like a 820 or something like that one year, but like year in and year out, it's going to be a sub 800 OPS guys. They might get some home runs. They might get some small bases, but you're right. They play defense. They do all the good things, but none of them are going to be fantasy standouts. I don't think. And a lot of them are going top. They're all being drafted top 260, And I'm just like, uh, you know, like I just, all three of them. I lumped them all. I don't, I don't see it. Yeah, O'Neal, you know, has the power, but yeah, like but he's the, the one, huge but... strikeout. Um, they all have their faults, and I, I just, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think it's more of a short-term play than a dynasty long-term investment, and if Tyler anything. O'Neal didn't do anything. Turns, turns twenty-six. And he's like, hey, nine twenty OPS. I just improved three hundred in OPS. I'm like, what? Like, do I buy that? <laughs> you know, like yeah. what I mean? Like, for what you did, I can't and say then, I buy like, that. I think he hit eight home runs in the last month. And I saw a tweet. Someone was like, hey, did anyone notice how bouncy the ball got in the last month? Like, that yeah. 
the MLB baseball was flying out of stadiums. MLB, that seemed kind of odd. They have never altered the baseball JT. Like, how <laughs> dare you assume that? They've literally come out and said they have. Finally. Well, they, the, the, the best part of that little tangent is the story of the nerds were like, hey, you had doctored this ball. And then baseball's like, no, we didn't. And then they got like an astrophysicist who was like, you have wrote like a huge thesis. It was like 30 pages. Like, you definitely doctored the baseball. And LB is like, okay, we doctored the baseball. <laughs> like, you got us. Like, they came out after like they had empirical evidence that they did it. And they're like, okay. And some nerds on the internet were like, you did this. And we hired freaking astrophysicist to like measure the baseball like do all these like equations and i've seen like i've filtered like just looked through it because you know it's over my head you know what he's talking about but Mm -hmm. he's just like you did this and they're like okay they underestimated how nerdy people are at baseball (laughs) and they they figured it out josh Uh, one other name that really stands out in this kind of in the 70s here josh is it low lao i forget which it, yeah, yeah, that, that Tampa old, Bay outfielder play play him, promote him, keep him there, play him. He, it's, the it's, like, it's like <laughs> it's like Kyle. To me, it's like Kyle Tucker, where it's just like they're so good and they're just they. Eh, I don't need to promote him until he's twenty seven. Then I can have the controlling years up until he's thirty two, and then you know squeeze that orange because Tampa Bay, Florida oranges, and then I'm done with him. Wow! 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 um but i want to see him play um very exciting prospect probably their top if not if you think shane baz is the top then he's number two in the tampa bay farm system but um like you said other than like i mean they have like other monsters in tampa bay and they still just give them you know they still give days off it's just tampa bay it's hard to own any tampa bay ray player because they're very good, but the problem is like pitchers, they don't let them go long. Hitters, they're always days off and shifting around and doing these other things. And it's just like the Rays are an incredibly smart baseball team, but they are incredibly frustrating. Except they team. keep trotting Kevin Kiermeyer into the outfield. I don't get it. I don't get it. He plays elite defense, but other than that, KT, I, I get it. And it's elite <laughs> defense, but at certain points in certain positions, it matters because they've won 100 games at the. I know. Dominated the ALOS two seasons in a row. Like, until at a certain point, it's just like, oh my gosh, like it's the Oakland A's all over again. And I'm glad you're eating it, AL East, because every year, every like four years, ALOS is like, how does Oakland win 104 games? <laughs> you're, you're like, mm-hmm. I don't know. But that, now it's your problem. Um, I don't have anybody really else that strikes my fancy other than you know like we have a chris taylor but we talked about him already in different uh positions i'm not the one that's like sort of like very There's a couple f- names in the 80s here i might call I'm fringe out on like a if you need some steals late maybe like a miles shaw but like even then like i mean he's young had some hype did some things for houston 27 could just steal some bases plays in cleveland now but it's just like uh, i'm getting kind of desperate there but yeah 89 straw Everyone... is the escobar of outfielders was just like you want steals and nothing else well here's your guy got him yep. right here for you yep um i was gonna point out real quick um obviously garcia i think it's the soft spot for me he can go 50 or he can go like 2015 in a in a good year he's so athletic but it's just kind of like a like a tampa to go back to tampa but yandy diaz where it's just like there's so <laughs> much there but you just you're just like that's all i get like 
Um, and Mike Yastrzemski, uh, I, I think injuries really did him in. Um, I, I looked at his profile, ended up drafting him just recently in the TFG, TGFBI league. Um, I think as my fifth outfielder and I am pleasantly okay with that. And I really, everything was there. It was just, I think he just got dinged up. And so if he can come into a full healthy, you know, off season batting fifth in that, that giants lineup, I'm totally okay with that. Yeah. I Um, I would say fifth, fifth outfielder is like, it's honestly money for him. Just kind of the same vibe for Lamont Wade Jr. Um, also San Francisco also bats in the heart of the lineup. Kind of same Z's there. San Francisco, San Francisco scares me. I think last year was just weird in San Francisco, man. I, I just, you know, which is yeah. funny because it helped everyone but Yastrzemski. He actually had a down here and else had like every it was like uh fountain of youth. They just like posy, just but the, the Renaissance one guy under, year. under 30. Yeah. Right. <laughs> so Crawford, Renaissance year. <laughs> Yeah. uh brand brandon belt gave him a captaincy he he literally yeah, has a they, captain's hat they now. called up bart struggled your struggled everyone under 30 was terrible or 30 and under everyone over was like fantastic <laughs> like, it makes no sense <laughs> um yeah we're down here pretty low. yeah okay so 100 or lower Oh, you gotta, you gotta, man, you, you gotta pick three ride or die. Bastard! I was looking at under 100. And I was like, um, ride or die. Like I yeah. gotta pick one guy. Um, yeah. I'm gonna go to the Max Kepler. Well, okay. 118. I just feel like because we're we're down here and it's it is. I mean, it is bleak. I'm sorry, Dylan Moore, but um, I, he's done it and it's been relatively recently. I mean, what was it, 2019? He had a, yeah, 860 OPS, like had a good year, 36 home runs. I, I don't anticipate that, but you asked me someone below 100. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, Max Kepler would be my guy. As for three, right? Or anyway. Oh, three? No. <laughs> three? I barely picked one. Yeah. Uh, I'll get, I'll alternate. Yeah, you go, you go. I, I'll look at the other ones. Um, I'm, I'm totally cool with Adam Duvall here way out out um see i'd scroll past i think he sacrificed power for average and i mean he had a ton of rbi um but he's in atlanta and i just i i think he could do it again and as a like super deep outfielder i'm totally there for um and i'm okay with it so that's a name that stands out Randall Gritchick, kind of that's, a similar vibe. Yeah, that was um, that's my number two. Okay, yeah, go ahead. No, that that was it. You can keep talking. That was my number. That's my number two. I'll I'll, I'll, I'll say really great lineup, and I mean he's probably batting six there, and um and it, yeah, just a just in terms of what we're talking about. Oh, I see two more players. I have four ride or die, Sean. Oh, you have four? That's not how ride or dies work. You just keep adding people. I'm going <laughs> to have five if I keep scrolling. Super, super tight-knit group, JT. Lane Thomas, his um, plate discipline metric was super solid. If he's batting at the top of the lineup or right he? around Soto. Oh, there he is. I see him. Um, 123 ranked. Yep. I am just young and I'm just, I forget what his 
what he did in 2021 uh, stats wise actually produced because to me I'm just like I'm I see a 15 15 yeah 270 I think he can if he's just that a 325 BABIP everything seemed very just straightforward and if you're batting anywhere near around Soto I, I think you're in a good spot yeah and so I'm totally cool with that and then I just saw Nimmo yeah, as that, a that name. Was, that, that was my third. Go ahead, talk about Nimmo. No, I, I just really like him. My obviously we're down here at like pick three. What was he at? Three ninety. Yeah, or no, no, that's that's Garrett Hampson. Uh, three. Yeah, three eighty-seven. Um, I like Nimmo. It's we're down here for a reason though. He just is not healthy. I mean, in three hundred twenty at bats, he went eight and five and had a three eight forty OPS. Like I like his profile too. It's just it's it's getting him on the field and keeping him on the field. He's never going to be a burner. Like he's not going to like just go nuts, but I mean, a 2020 year is very feasible for a Brandon Nimmo if he could stay healthy. I mean, he is getting older. So maybe it, in a couple of years, that's not feasible with the, the stolen bases, but 2020 is doable for these next couple of years with him. It's just like staying on the field for him. He's not, again, he's not going to, bur- not going to be like crazy or do anything like absolutely bonkers in terms of really any categories, RBIs or runs or, or maybe some runs he's going to bat near the top but um well maybe with the mets who knows what the mets team's going to look like after the period opens up but i'm assuming we'll be top lineup if healthy it's it's just it's just staying healthy for him so if i gotta ride or die it's it's the talent is there the health. oh yeah nimmo the first thing i think of is elite obp elite plate discipline i mean just like that foundation alone i mean he he's there when you have um, OBP similar to your slugging, you know what you're getting, but it, it's over 400 for both. So <laughs> they're <yeah>. both good. <laughs> and then to close it out, my fifth rider. <laughs> your, your 17th rider. Clint, that's Carter really Frazier. Got to support. Really yeah, I know. I got to, <laughs> I got to support the redheads. Clint Frazier alongside crazy. what Ian Happ there and the Cubs. Like I'm just thinking like super young, mighty duck bash bros, but for baseball, just like, just letting the curly locks flow. Did they you just know. straight up get rid of him? Yeah, they released him. Yeah. Yeah. So he signed a one-year deal, kind of a prove it thing in Chicago. And I I'm just it's, re- it's weird. He had like 350 good at bats and had 180 bad at bats. And Yankees like done. And I'm like, uh, right. Like, and it, it wasn't like, okay, here's you know. 180 at bats in a row no here's yeah. one on a sunday here's two on a wednesday one on a friday Stay, it just you get to play center you get to play left you to yeah play that too like, and he's was relatively young he's you know he hasn't really got a chance to start every day since he's played baseball so yeah post hype prospect vibes you know at this point you're just trying to shoot Let, shoot the moon type 70 games and see who he is <laughs> like maybe maybe do that and, you know before you run before you run out of town in new york seriously yeah yeah there's tons of go. outfielders here that you just could i mean obviously there's it's all just kind of pick your poison but if there's going to be a lot though, on the waiver wire in a dynasty yeah, for I, outfield i still think before you know let's see here um what am i looking at here I think up before, not before 150, but I mean, 158 is Kyle Lewis. It's kind of the point where like 
you want two there and you could take like a young kid and we're talking dynasty thing we want you want two there that you're going to be there for a while and then maybe a, a young kid and then you could sparse that last one in there depending on if you have three or four or five or whatever it is but you're you're if you're just a three standard three league you have one maybe or maybe one two outfielders and have a third be that like kyle schwarber slash young guy thing or a, even you can get even like we talked about like instead of like the young guy you can go like a clint frazier because he's basically a young guy just hasn't got playing time or a brandon nimmo who's just can play but it's just kind of is he healthy and it's just these guys that can fill in that are like if they're healthy or you get that clint frazier that he was in new york like huge win playing over your third guy anyways or in a utility spot or whatever else you got uh, however your roster is set up but i i like I don't mind getting outfielders, especially kind of like, it seems like outfielders we, we've talked about a lot, like getting hurts and especially getting hurt. And especially like, like with Kyle Schwarber and DHing, they're going to lose eligibility. There a lot of them in the national league are going to lose el- eligibility of outfield and just be forced to DH roles. So having, you know, five guys in a dynasty league outfield, isn't the worst thing in the world, especially with these injuries. You draft a Mike Trout, Christian Yelich, you know, yeah. Alvarez. The draft capital required to uh, obtain these guys and get them on your roster is very low. So, I mean, if these last few don't work out, there's like, you know, tons on the waiver and ride the hot hand, ride the streak, you know, whatever it may be, yeah. grab the call up, you know, that's, that's not um, necessarily highly touted or might be available, yeah. but yeah there's a lot of ways to go about your strategy of how to fill your outfield especially for the dynasty they're so deep so cool that's good stuff um next time i think we're going to tackle pitchers are we doing starting pitching i don't even know if i want to talk about dynasty relief yeah honestly i don't see how you dynasty relief pitcher (laughs) i really don't like because yeah. I would think most dynasty, if if your relief pitcher is of value, you're either in a points league that counts like saves, or right. if you're in the categories, you've got holds as well, probably. Yeah, and, and most of those are, especially if you have holds, it, it's such, I am looking up one example here, and it's a big example, but I'm going to look up here. Um the reigning uh, saves leader, Liam Hendricks, or one of the best pitchers in baseball, had z- had one career save before three years ago. Like we're talking about dynasty league, like no one's owning Liam Hendricks until like just very recently. So it's just like it feels like every couple of years you don't know who the guy next guy is gonna be. I mean, he didn't become a closer until what twenty nine. So. It, trying to anticipate who the closers are for some of these teams. It's so hard. I just drafting relief pitchers in dynasty is a huge, just treat it like a redraft every year. I feel like pretty much <laughs> other than the Roldis Chapman's of the world, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, the unless... price you're paying for those guys. I don't feel like is worth it anyways in a dynasty league. Right. Yeah. And even just your, for that example, like Chapman or Hater, they, they, their years fluctuate. I mean, usually they execute, you know, the same like 30 plus saves, but could be a three, two, nine year, a could be a one, eight year, like you, yeah, they're going to get there, but it's just how they go about it. 
Yeah, Chapman can be really fluctuating. Yeah, Chapman's 34 now. But anyway, we'll tackle starting pitchers mainly um, on the next episode. That'll be fun. Um, there's a lot of young arms. and Me and JT like our starting pitchers. Whew, it's my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for joining us. We appreciate you listening. Uh, take care. Be well. And until next time, see ya. See ya. Thank you.